0: Are you ready to be entrefied? Let's break free of the life we are told to live. Create freedom and wealth by adding value to others' lives. Others lives. Challenge traditions, challenge authority, and
1: get entrefied.
2: Hey guys, welcome to the show today. We have a really awesome guest here today with us, uh, Roland Benson, and uh, he is here to basically introduce you guys into his awesome world what he does and uh really just talk about how you know in in this time of uh, coronavirus and all these things happening right now you know really having an online presence is even more important than ever so roland kind of what do you think about that and kind of tell us a little bit about yourself Sure, yeah. I mean,
0: I've been in business 35 years, started in 1985, and so I've worked with thousands of different entrepreneurs. The big thing, I've been through a lot of recessions, so I started my business in a recession, which was awesome, but I didn't know there was a recession. Uh, And what I really did first, I started looking around when I started my ad agency, so I have an advertising agency here in San Antonio. I started looking around, and I said, my dream clients, at first I wrote down my dream clients were Pace Pecani Sauce, Cat Holt, USAA, Frost Bank. Those are big names here in San Antonio. But then I went and as I started calling on them, I saw there was about 20 other people calling on them. And I was a one-man shop and I couldn't really uh, compete with them. So what I ended up doing is started looking around and saw these small small mom pops in uh, industrial parks building all kinds of businesses. So I started calling on them and I started growing them. And so some of my biggest clients now that my competitors would love to have, I've had for 20 years and I've grown them from one man shop up to, and I'll share in a little while how we grew one guy to 89 million. And uh, so I really just found the right clients and build a loyalty with them. And then they, you know, they just build off of that and I'm really focused on growth with my clients, you know, because a lot of advertising agencies, uh, not to bucket everybody, not to put everybody in one bucket, but they go out and they just want everything to look pretty, so they win awards. They want to have a website with a real tiny type and stuff. But my whole focus is if you're not growing and you're not making money after we do something, then we're doing something wrong. Yeah,
1: well, that's so true. I think that's what you just now said. I mean, just making sure that what you do, you should grow from that. That's, that's very true. Everything you do, you should learn. You should either grow or learn.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. And luckily, we've had great clients that have allowed us to really just work on their businesses. They trust us and to grow with them. And so what I've been doing, uh, just a little teaser, but what I've been doing during the coronavirus and everything we've been working on is I've really been focused on uh, helping the clients out. I've been putting lists together. I've been posting every day for the last 50 days. Before the virus even hit, and now I've been focused on how to recession-proof your business. What are the things, what are the steps you need to do to really get your business in order for this one and for the next one and for anything else that comes along? Uh, I get, I've been getting calls from younger businesses calling me and going, I know you've been around for a long time. Uh, I need help. I need to know what to do. You know, all of a sudden, I didn't know this was coming, and now I have all this debt. So that's been real
1: interesting to see. You know, I went directly yeah. to your website. I really enjoyed that. You had a lot of good little tidbits right on your website, which I mean, you know, I kept reading them and I was like, I really like that. But you have a lot of little things like that. It's just on and on and on. And I was just like, that's really, it was bite sized to be able to digest it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I just, I really like that. It's really well, good. Well, Business Owners Entrepreneurs, we just
0: don't have much time. And, and you guys know that. So, you want to just be able to consume things. When I see a video that's three hours long, I go, hey, there's no way I'm going to be able to finish this. And I can't wait till the end. So, I want to break it into 15, 10 minute segments. And when I do my courses and stuff and teach people, that's what I do. Here's a video, do some homework. Here's a video, do some homework so that they don't get bored. Because, you know, most of us have ADA or ADAD and all that kind of stuff, or whatever it's called. And we're all over the place.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, Jeff is definitely big on. Uh quick courses and, and getting to the point. So that's something he always talks about. So that's definitely a good attribute to have for sure. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So really, I guess, uh, first big thing really is, is what, is what is a successful factor in the businesses that you work with? Like what is a common thing that you spot that makes businesses successful? Well, it's
0: really the, it starts with the owner. And then and his leadership. So if we meet with someone and they just say, well, I just need a website, I just need something like this, what, You know, I'm not really that concerned about it, then I don't like working with them. I want someone that's laser focused. So we started with this company uh, called PTRX. And I was on a hike with a Boy Scout group and, and he, his son was in our group. And he said, I'm starting this new business. Would you come and look at it? So I went over and looked at it. And he was a big executive before this, worked for a big company as a, uh, in the drug uh, like CVS and Walgreens and all that. And he found this great way to deliver medications and cut the cost down and all this stuff. And uh, so I went over and talked to him. And he says, here's my goal. My goal is to work for eight years. <clears throat> and he has zero. I mean, he had one employee in this little trashy office. So I had to see the vision and he says, in eight years, we're going to sell for $18 million and I'm not leaving it to my kids. I'm not giving it to nobody. It's just for me. And I'm going to buy a hundred thousand acre ranch. And I said, okay. I said, then we need to meet once a week. We need to go through all the different steps, you know? And so he got laser focused. Well, what happened in eight years, we didn't sell for 18 million. We sold for 89 million. And that's because he was laser focused. He was excited. When he came in, he trusted us. We brainstormed. He said, whatever you come up with, remember, here's the filter, 18 million. So if it doesn't get me 18 million, don't bring it to me. Don't talk to me about it. Don't do anything. Only 18 million. So that motivated me. So I had to really do my research, get in there and say, okay, what is this going to help us get us closer to 18 million? So that was real exciting to do that and to work with him. But those are the kind of clients we look for. And if they have that leadership, the employees will get around, they'll work 18 hours a day, whatever they'll get, they'll get around and really uh, support a leader like that.
1: Wow. That's definitely good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like the point where you're just talking about a laser like focus. And I think that's so important with pretty much anything you do. It's one thing to have a goal, you know, but you're lasered in, this is what you're going to accomplish. This is what I want. I mean, that, that dedicated focus on something it gives you something extra. Yeah,
0: it, it does. And if you don't have it, your business will. You'll see business like I've been in business thirty five years. I've got to stay excited all the time. It's hard because someone will come in and say, "Hey, we need this, this, and this." I've done it like a hundred times, and I'm going. I got to say, okay, let's see how we can make that take that to the next step and get excited. So I might not be excited about designing the website as much as I'm excited about what they're accomplishing. So I get myself so involved in the business. So uh, this happened years ago. My youngest son, we're driving home one day, and we had this client called Ranch Hand Equipment. They build these big, heavy bumpers that you see in front of four-wheel drive trucks, which were one of my passions. And uh, we're driving home, and he goes, Dad, he said, there's a Ranch Hand truck. Isn't that the guy that bought our house? And uh, so he had always, if he saw something he wanted, he says, why don't you help a company grow bigger so they give us more money so we can buy more stuff? So that's how involved we were. And our neighbor, in fact, we live out in the hill country in Texas. And one of the neighbors came over and said, I had my truck all decked out with ranch hand. And he said, can you think you can get me a good deal on it? I want to know more about it. He thought I was the owner of Ranch Hand, but I just worked with them. That's how involved I get. That's how I can get excited because then I take their energy, what they're building as a company, and then turn it into what we do on a
2: daily basis. And so
0: awesome. that's the, really got to invest yourself.
2: So basically, you're using that feedback to keep you motivated and those results to keep you you going. Right. You know?
0: And see the excitement on their face. And just like his son ended, his son used, was, when I started working with him, his son was like 12 and he used to throw rocks at me when I came over. And now he runs, and now, well, they sold the company, but he ran the company for years. So it was fun to see in that next generation. We have three and four generations we're working with. We have companies that are over hundred years old. We didn't start with them. I might look like I did, but we didn't start with them. But it was just exciting to see what the change. To me, there's a company here in town. I'm in the military. You got to know USAA, and one man started. That. Oh yes, one man started that 1928. That wow. I'm going to start an insurance company. He employs 30,000 people now. He he's passed, but he 30,000 people, thirty I mean hundreds of thousands of kids. He's put through college by they paying their parents millions of cars that have been bought, houses that have been bought, food that's been bought, because one man decided to start a business. Same with Ray Kroc, you know, all those different all those different business owners. So that's what gets me excited, the difference that a business can make in, in so many people's lives.
1: Yeah, Let me ask you hard. I got oh sorry Patrick. No, go ahead. I I got one question for you because I know you've seen a lot of different things. What's the number one thing that you've seen as far as that would bring about success? with uh, small businesses or even big businesses. Uh, is there something that you see that brings more success, a trade, a habit? I mean, uh, is there anything, or is it this laser focus that you're well, talking Well, laser about?
0: focus is part of it. I would say one more, the most practical thing is being debt free because then that takes a lot of worry off you. Oh, if yes. like we've been, I've been debt free for about 20 years, paid our house off. We've made a game out of it every time. They, we, the kids would even go we're not going out to eat because <clears throat> we're taking that forty dollars and we're putting it on the house so we'd, we'd even send in three cents if we had an extra three pennies but that helped me a lot because all of a sudden now you know our employees are working out of their houses uh people have stopped calling it's hard to get it'll take a couple of weeks before people get back in the group but you know i have enough for payroll i have enough for that but if i owed Three hundred thousand on my house. I had a fifty thousand dollar truck that I had to pay on, and I had a TV, whatever, you know, whatever. Then I would be stressing out of my mind, and I, you know, I couldn't yeah. think straight or know what to do. So that would be a practical part. I think the other part is staying positive because if you're if you're in a feudal position, your your employees aren't going to be able to pull you out. They're just going to either quit and say I can't. I mean, I'm not going to hang out with the leader that can't get me there, or they're going to just. Uh, they're just going to go. They're going to be in the fetal position next year. So I think that's part of it too.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely see. Um, I know one one thing is is when you have a lot of debt, it feels like if you just hop to the next best thing, next best thing, and you, and, and you lose that focus because you're you're trying to find something quick. And I think yeah. that's definitely dangerous, shaky grounds to be on. So that's definitely a good point. In Nashville, uh, I live in Nashville. All the time I see Dave Ramsey, he's always building stuff, and you know he's big on that debt-free. And, yeah, uh, he good. is. Yeah, yeah. That's so I cut up all mine with scissors. And, oh, you did good, awesome. Because yeah. <laughs> I really like consumer debt. I was like, this, this is bad, but business debt, you know, even business debt. But so you know, I kind of read a little bit about you, and I, and I saw you. You actually, you said you have dyslexia, and then became yeah. your superpower. So can you tell us a little bit about that. Sure.
0: So I grew up in, in the, I was found out that I was dyslexic in the early seventies. So they didn't know what it was. I mean, they didn't even know it was dyslexia. So I was called retarded. It got to the point where the government came to our house, wanted to take me away from our house and put me in a private school, a personal government school to teach me how to sharpen lawnmower blades so I could support a family someday. Luckily I had a strong mom and she ran him off with a (laughs) broom. And so my so, I grew up in a family of all entrepreneurs. So, I have, I have, there's six boys in our family, all of us but one owner of successful companies. My dad owned a company, my grandfather and great grandfather, and many uncles. So, that was our conversation around the dinner table was always about owning your own business. So it wasn't college necessarily. When one of my brothers went to college, the rest of us kind of went and failed out pretty quickly. But, my really, my training started at 11 years old. So in the 70s and that, we didn't have answering machines. Believe it or not, we didn't have a cell phone, no faxes or nothing. It was just a big old black telephone. So when the phone rang, they were looking for my dad because he had a construction company. I would answer it, and they would say, this is Mr. Forrest. Is your dad there? I said, no, he's not. So i got to get a message to him. It's very important. We're meeting in the morning. He's got to have this stuff. Can you take a message for me? Well, at that point, I could have barely spell my own name, let alone how am I going to write down a message that my dad's going to get so I started thinking um, in visions. So I started drawing everything out in storyboards. So I would draw the whole message I, This is Mr. Forrest. So I'd do a whole bunch of trees. Da-da-da-da. And then I would, at the end of the day, when my dad came home, I'd get the five or six sheets of paper out that I drew pictures on, and I was able to go through it with him. And so now when I go into a client's office, they're telling me their thing. I can visualize the whole thing because I've had to do that on my whole life in storyboards. When I speak in public, all my uh, notes that I have are done in pictures. So I just illustrate everything out so I can just look down and see exactly where the story is and, and what I need to do. So that's probably been the biggest thing for me, how that's become my superpower because I've been able to visualize things that I had to put that in. And then I found mad magazine. I don't know if you ever read mad magazine, but that became my te- my art teacher. So I'd be up, I'd be drawn. I'd get this beautiful drawing, I'd run upstairs and show my parents, and they were all asleep and it was like three in the morning i'm going oh wow i got so lost in the art and and uh then that kind of taught me what i'm doing today because i didn't go to college or anything for this To so i just was self-taught as i went along
1: well wow. that is a very interesting story
0: yeah in fact just to, to go on a little bit more on that <laughs> if you have a few seconds is i was uh so i was selling i was uh when I first got married, me and my wife, we decided, you know, we're going to get, both get jobs. We both work. And then all of a sudden I met this guy and he says, Hey, if you follow us around, we're going to be millionaires. And so at that time, you know, I'm 21 years old. I'm going, yeah, I want to be a millionaire. Are you kidding me? So all of a sudden we moved to Kentucky, to start uh, to work with a company and then that didn't work out. We moved to San Antonio and started a company that didn't work out. They moved to, uh, I don't know where they're at now. They could be in South America for all I know, but we said, that was uh, thirty-eight years ago. We said, No, we're just staying here and we're gonna make it work. So I'm out by the pool complaining to uh, to this guy that I met that was a door-to-door salesman, he sold pots and pens door to door. And he's he said, Look, I'm sick and tired of hearing you uh, complain about you know your situation. He said, Why don't you shut up and start your own business? And I went, What would I do? I have no idea what I'd do for a business. I know my dad had a construction company and this and that. He said, you're always drawing pictures. He said, why don't you draw me a picture and I'll pay you I'll pay you for it. And I said, what do you want? He says, well, I'm going to start selling ceiling fans door to door. If you'll draw me a picture of a ceiling fan, I'll give you $25. I said, wow. So I ran back to the apartment and drew a ceiling fan, brought it out to him and he gave me $25. He said, now get your butt out there and start knocking doors and selling your pictures. Well, I didn't know what I, that I just drew a logo. So I started knocking doors, printers and little companies like that. And I said, I draw pictures and they said oh we need a picture of a caduceus for a doctor we're doing a business card for how much do you charge and he said well uh, people pay me 25 and i said and he said okay i'll pay you 25 dollars." and then it just went from there and i realized my wife said you know we just had a new baby and she said you know we can't we can't buy everything we need for 25 dollars. not even back when, <laughs> when we were around you know things were a little cheaper but so i had to really i really saw that the more clients i got from my clients the more they would pay me so i became an expert on how to find clients for my clients and really started to grow that and so that's that was 35 years ago and then i got a macintosh a friend of mine had a little st30 one of those little square boxes and he brought it into the office and i saw it because and i said i gotta learn how to do it so i'd stay up all night working on it and then he would come in during the day and work on it and so i taught myself that and now we have a whole bunch of them and but so that's kind of how I got started in in my business, and then one guy taught me what a logo was. You know, he called me, he said I need a logo on it. I said a logo. He said, yeah, like Coca Cola. And I said, okay, I can do that. And the funny thing was, was, me and my wife sat up probably three hours debating how much to charge. I said, she said, let's charge him a hundred dollars. I said, no way, he's never going to pay a hundred dollars for a logo. I didn't know, you know, Coca Cola probably paid him. Well, some of the companies were paying fifty thousand dollars at the time. So I went in and I said. Hundred dollars, he's okay. Let's do it. And I went, holy cow! I am in business. I'm in big cotton, you know, high cotton. So, <laughs> but now we charge like five thousand, and we get it every day. But I just didn't know. So, but it was just great training to learn all that along
1: the way. he's getting a deal for a long time,
0: huh? <laughs> he was. Everybody was getting a deal from me. In <laughs> fact, people, some of the other graphic designers at the time now would call and scream at me, "Why are you so cheap?" And I go, "I thought I was doing really good."
1: <laughs> well, that is awesome was really awesome. But you know, what I hear is, and I think this is relevant for today for people, is you started out with drawing a picture. It was yeah. a, this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to draw a picture. And you know, sometimes people think things have to be super complicated, and you have to have all these working parts, but you know, you, you start with what you know and you grow into the rest. Sometime. Exactly. And that makes, you know... It makes sense to somebody that's already been there, but a lot of times when people start, they think they have to do something. There is – you have to distinguish yourself. I'm not saying you don't. Sure. Oh, no. You know, you have to have something to start with, and it ain't always perfect when you start. So uh, anybody listening, I think, you know, which he's obviously has got a lot of great content here, but uh, that's one thing that I hear is, you know, start where you're at and then grow into where you're at. Exactly. Don't wait. It's just like
0: um – Uh, I'm involved in a lot of online things. I do tons of conferences. I love trade shows. I don't know why I'm addicted to trade shows. My wife thinks it's the stupidest thing, but I love going to trade shows. But I was on a conference call about a week ago and the guy I was listening to said, think of it as a home builder. Does a home builder wait until the home's completely done, all the carpet, the furniture's in before he sells it? No, he starts marketing the day he gets the property. He puts together a sketch and starts showing them. And so you have to start where you're at and then just go out and learn. If you wait until everything's perfect, you'll, you'll be in 10 years from now. You go, wow, dad, you never really got that business off the ground. Well, I'm still working on it. We're going to get it out there. You know, you just got to go where where you're at and do it and then learn. Uh, I worked for a lady. So when I was building my business, I didn't have enough to buy diapers. So I found a job at in the evenings and every weekend refurnishing furniture. And so I work at this lady's place and she told me, never turn any job down that's in your wheelhouse. Just say I can do it and then go out and learn how to do it. So that's how I learned a lot of stuff. Like a, one guy came to me at church and says, I understand you are have an advertising agency. I need an ad and need four color separation. Need I've never even heard of these words. So I just got on the phone. I said, yes, I can do it. I got on the phone and just started calling people. And they said, you really don't know what you're doing. I said, I have not a clue. And I said, let me tell you, uh, if you'll let me do this part of it, I'll teach you this part. So that first ad I lost my butt on, but I learned a ton. So it was like my college tuition. I think that's how I looked at it.
2: So, so Roland, let me ask, uh, you kind of talking about that. Uh, interesting kind of question I have is, right now in, in today's society and with the situations that's going on, a lot of people are scarcity minded. And yeah. what you're mentioning is, is taking advantage of opportunities. So how abundant do you think opportunities are in today's society?
0: Well, so I, I have a, four, I have, I look at the recessions four ways because there's four different recessions to me. Uh, there's the financial one that we're going through right now. And that's, you know, I mean, it's not really a financial one yet because it hasn't really affected anybody that bad in that way yet. Uh, so that's one of the things we have to look at is how are we going to attack that? So we have to start thinking differently. Like we talked about earlier, you know, restaurants and different things are doing there, you know, if you think about it, a big, a big uh, chain, uh, we have a chain here called Taco Cabana. They probably have a hundred locations and, and also Whataburger and uh, McDonald's even have had to close their dining rooms down. If you think of the percentage of people that came in there with their kids and stuff. But then they have to make that experience better through the drive-through and through having people out there to greet them and to take care of them and to make sure that they're ta- you know they're still eating and stuff like that or bringing it out to the house I'm bringing it out out to the car or even delivering it to their house. Some of the bigger restaurants around here are taking stuff out that way. So I think it's really thinking differently and looking for those opportunities. And when the economy crashed in uh, when was it? I think two thousand. 2007, 2006, that area. I could have bought a house here, a two million dollar house for 320 thousand, but I had fifteen hundred dollars, so <laughs> I could have buy it. So one of the things I've been doing is piling up money. So I've been buying lots of stocks because I've had. I knew la- during 9/11, I la- I didn't. I didn't lose money, but I didn't gain any money because I didn't ha- I didn't think about buying stocks. I was freaked out, thinking the end of the world's here. The stocks, you know, like uh, Starbucks and, and, and Walmart and those guys, they're never going to come back. Wow. That was stupid on my part. So now I know they're going to come back and everybody's scared. So they're selling their stock stuff. So there's lots of opportunity that way. Another thing, look at your, uh, um, your competition. A lot of your competition are going to start being weak and they might not be able to leave. They might be in the fetal position or they might not have the money and they have to let employees go. So now some of your competition can't deliver to those clients. They still need the products. You need to step in if you're strong enough and pick up those clients and take market share. So, yeah, some people stuff. don't like to be brutal, but there's a quote by um, the guy that took McDonald's over, Ray Kroc. I don't know if you ever watched any of the shows on him. He was a ruthless little guy, but he said, yes, "If my man. he said if my competitor's drowning, I would stick a hose in his mouth and turn the water on." Oh wow. <laughs> and Miss, I was watching Mister Wonderful on Shark Tank. They were they said, "What do you think of that?" And he says, I'd make it boiling water. <laughs> 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 I can't do business that way, but you know, uh, but if you're, if the clients need help and, and uh, they, the, the, the vendor they have can't deliver, you need to step up and help deliver.
2: Yes, I agree. Definitely agree. It
1: reminds me of a quote I'd heard, which I may uh, mess this up a little bit. It was about Patton and uh, somebody had asked him, you know, talking about uh, proceeding forward. Or digging in and he said I don't never want to hear that you're just digging in I always want you to be moving forward yeah and um you know sometimes that when you look at that sometimes that can be a little misleading because some people think in rough times that they have to continually do the same things they've done before and sometimes moving forward when something like this happens can be can mean other changing your tactics up a little bit but still moving forward in another way I mean. Uh, you may not be investing as much, but you may be uh, saving your cash to invest. Later. Exactly. Uh, or, or you might need
0: to save your cash just to make your bills and stuff because it's yeah. not. I'm later in life, so I have my kids are gone and stuff, so I don't have that drain that I had when they were there. Uh, so I have a little extra money for stocks and stuff like that. But if you, I read an article the other day, it says just take one day a week not and spend no money, no food, yeah. no gas, and then see what you can start saving. I think we get so dependent on let's just run out to eat. Let's run out to that. And then we added up, we spend $24,000 a year just going to lunch. And it is, oh, it's going, Holy cow. I don't even enjoy going through the drive through, you know, let's just start bringing our lunch. There's 24,000 in two years. I can buy a Jeep gladiator. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. just look at it that way.
2: Yeah. You know? I actually did an episode a couple episodes back. It was about, uh, if you, if you look it up, 78% of people are living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. And yeah. that's,
0: and 82%, small, 82% of small businesses are living paycheck to paycheck within their business. So wow. a lot of people are on edge. People just like credit and they like to have what they want now, you know, instead of waiting. Uh, I see that all the time with young people that they want to have what their parents had. And their parents worked a long time to have, you know, the stuff they did. They, they grew up. We, I mean, our kids grew up in a nice house. They had everything they wanted. Luckily, I taught them how to work hard and they've been really good at that. And they're really smart. But sometimes you grow, like I have a good friend, his, him and his wife probably make $3 million a year. They live in a giant house. They have all have new Ferrari, you know, have all that kind of stuff. And their kids just think, you know, I was talking to one of them at church. And I said, what are you going to do? He said, oh, you know, I, we have a Ferrari. We have this. We have, I said, you have nothing. Your dad has that. You have nothing. <laughs> you need to go out and do that. And he thinks it's just going to happen for him. He's just, I'm just going to have all that because my parents have all that.
1: So... Yeah, that's, well, I never really had that problem with the Ferrari in regards to growing <laughs> up that way. You know, uh, my mom and dad didn't have a Ferrari, yeah. you know. They had uh, a good old pickup truck.
0: That's what yeah. I Yeah. You know, but <laughs> uh, you
1: <laughs> I'm not against them. But
0: no, no, not at all.
1: <laughs> just can't really identify with that.
0: <laughs> well, that's what we're hoping to do. It's just like the client that came to me. He was doing well in his job, but now he's got uh, 89 million. You know, it changed his yeah. life a little bit. Right. You never know when it can happen. I mean, look at all the people that just stuff. Uh, just, they just come up with an idea, and then all of a sudden it explodes into something big, and
1: he's got to hang that's on. That's very true. Door. Yeah. I mean, which I have different rental properties and things like that. One of the things I kind of do different than some, Now, some people do this as well, but what I like to do is I like to buy and I put money into it and build up the collateral in the, in the house itself. So that at times, if you want to get out of it, it should be worth probably more than any of the houses should be worth more than what I paid. And I've caught a lot of flack from that. I really have. Um, you know, I don't know how many people has told me, what are you doing? You know, don't you understand this is a rental? They're going to tear this up, you know? And if I went at it from that mindset, you know, it's almost like I would be expecting you to to destroy what I have. So I look at it as I add value. I expect quality from you. and, And if you expect quality from me, we can both have a good relationship there. But yeah, you know, when I get in, I always want to make sure that I'm adding value so that, hey, if I want to flip it, I can flip it. If I want to stay, I can stay. And not everybody gets that. And I understand yeah. in the short term, you make more money. But in the long term, you're not building any collateral. You don't really have any value. You're just sucking value out. And I, I've never really liked that strategy. I always believe, and I think Patrick would agree with me here on this and chime in Patrick on this is what we try to do just like with you being on the podcast rolling a lot of great content adding great value to the uh, customers to the listeners if you always do that I mean it's sunshine every day you know I mean and that's the way I look at it yeah well
0: that's exactly right is because even when I have a client that comes in that can't afford us they go oh I had no idea you were this much I'm just starting out I say don't worry about it. Let's sit for an hour and let me get you some free, some ideas that's going to help you kickstart your business. I always want to add value because what if that company and even some have come back three years later and go, you know, we met three years ago. I wasn't in the position I am now. Let's do business. But anytime you can add value, anytime you can do something like that, you're going to, it's always going to come back around to you. Even if it did, even if they never came back and if they got successful, they went somewhere else. That's I'm happy for them. I'm happy. They're able to be successful. So I'm giving away as much as I can.
1: Building and, relationships, yeah.
0: Yes, building relationships just to help the business out. Because I I don't know why I'm so passionate about business. I mean, some people are passionate about gardening or whatever, cars and stuff, but I'm just I'm so passionate about business. When I go out to eat, my wife hates this. When we go out to eat, I pull the manager over and say, look, you got weeds in your parking lot. You can't read your menu. You know, you, here's some I things you can do. Some of them will go, wow, and write it down. Others will go, yeah, okay, whatever. So.
1: Wow. <laughs> well, you know who you're talking to a lot of
0: times. If you can get the owner, then it's great at that point. You know, and I'll even call back and ask for the owner and say, here's some stuff I saw. Wow. So wow. I, Sometimes I think I'm crazy, but if I can help them and they can make one more sale or one more thing, then that's what I want to do.
1: That's interesting. Well, I heard a good time about uh, this guy that said that he could see a dim light bulb from ten thousand feet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, you got to change that. You know, you got to get that taken care of. Oh yeah, but it's the little things that
0: add up like that. Well, now that you now that you say that, I probably got it from my dad because my dad was a builder and he was so exact about his buildings. And so wh- he used to build houses and then he went into big high rises and stuff. And Every time we went to a home show as a kid he'd have me lay on the floor of these houses and say, Look at this builder, it's the top plumb wall, look at this. And I said, yes. Yeah, but they've got a swimming pool inside the house, dad. Who cares about that? But now I see he sees all that. It does matter. And so now that's how I see things. So I'm sure that's where that came from. I didn't really realize that until you just said that about the ball because he could see he could see something wrong with the house from just driving down the road at eighty miles an hour. So yep. yeah, it's interesting. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, you know, I know Jeff, you would said something about mindset and, you know, Roland, our big thing about this, this podcast, the show, what, what Jeff and I were really passionate about is, is the business mindset Yeah, because we think that's what builds your, your framework because like you said earlier, what, what is a successful business have in common with each other? It's a leader. And, you know, I read good to great by Jim Collins. If you ever read yeah. that, he talks about, oh, level yeah. five leadership. And, you know, it's definitely uh, really just having that mentality and, and, and really having that mindset, because it's, it's where it all begins, you know, taking going from that one employee to, you know, having all those employees going from zero dollars to, you know, 80 million dollars that it's all right here. Yeah. You know, and it's all on your head and that and people think it's, you know, external factors. It's not. And, you know, I know I noticed that you were talking about that you had a particular mindset now, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you said something about training fleas. Yeah. Training fleas. So
0: that, that changed my life. So
1: yeah,
0: when yeah. I, my parents were involved in Amway way back. And so they would get the tapes and stuff. So the first person I listened to was a guy named Skip Ross. He's like 90 now. And he still does motivational speaking, but I wore his tapes out. Next one I got was Zig Ziglar. And I just consumed his stuff on the, until I wore his tapes out too. But he talked about training a flea. So, if you take a bottle and you put fleas inside of a bottle, a flea can drop, uh, jump six or seven times its height. I mean, it can jump like 48, 49 inches. So, you put them in a jar, they'll jump right out. But if you put the lid on the jar and leave it on for three days, they'll jump up and smack their heads. And after a while, they'll go, Man, this hurts like crap. I'm not jumping, I'm only gonna jump this high. You can actually take the lid off, and they will not jump out of the jar. They'll jump there until they die. If they have babies, Why they're in there, those babies will only jump and then they'll all die. So I looked at that and I said, that's real interesting. I said, what if we took that to the next level? And I put my brain in that jar on how I think. So my brain's the image of thinking. And every time I think about, like as a kid, you know, you're retarded. So I crank the lid on. You can't do that. You're not going to go to college. You probably won't be able to sort a family. You know, I just started cranking that baby down. And then all of a sudden my brain goes, hey, you can't do that, remember? Because your brain's set up to protect you. It's its job is to protect you. You burn your hand on the stove. It tells you, don't do that again. And then you go to put your hand and you go, oh, that's right. I'm not supposed to do that. So your brain keeps you small unless you open it up and really and really program it. So then you have to start taking that off. Oh, look, I started my own business. Oh, look, I got clients that believe in me. And then you take that off and pull your brain out. And then your brain can fly in and then you can teach it what you want it to to grow. So. That's that from Zig Ziglar got me to start thinking. So one of the success stories out of that happened years later after I've gone through the tapes and stuff. So being being very dyslexic going in and trying to talk to clients and taking notes and stuff like that was very hard. So sometimes before meetings I'd throw up sometimes three and four times during the day between meetings because uh, I'd go into a meeting, I'd be, so, I'd be have so much anxiety I'd throw up. So I was real skinny back then. Now I'm fat, but Uh, so I had a coach and this coach said, I want you to return something because I'd buy stuff and I'd never return it because I was too scared to return stuff. I said, I can't do it. Mitzi, I can't do it. And she said, okay, we got to get you over this fear. (laughs) It is stupid. You're a grown man and you can't return uh, some sheets to Walmart, you know? And I said, I know I can't do it. I'm sweating like a pig here. So she said, I want you to go to the, pick a mall out. So I picked a big mall here. It's called North Star Mall. I want you to spend a week walking the mall two hours a day after work and just say hi to people. So first week, hi, hi, how are you doing? Hi, hi. Don't stop and talk to them. Remember, you're scared to talk to people. That's right. Okay, hi, hi. Then I said, okay, I did that, Missy. Didn't really do much. I said, okay, now I want you to go back this week, the next week, and I want you to stop and ask how what time it is. So I said, this is before the iPhones. Yeah, sir, do you have the time? Yes, eight oh one. Sir, do you have the time? Yes, eight oh two. They said, oh, you know, I can tell you how long it takes to walk the whole mall every second along the way. So I did that. And then the next week she said, I want you to start going up and talking to people. So by that time I'm going, I knew half the people in the mall. Well, I didn't know they're different all the time, but I just started going up and I'd say, where's Macy's at? Oh, Macy's down there. Okay, great. Oh, where do you get that pretzel? And they said, oh, do you like that one or did you like the cinnamon one better? And then I said, man, I really like your shoes. And then I just started breaking ice conversation. Then all of a sudden, I started having conversations for 20 minutes at a time with these people. Now my goal is to talk to everybody on earth. So when I go to the grocery store, I go out of my way to talk to everybody. I don't care who they are, how big they are. This guy was the other day that everybody was buying toilet paper. So this guy had stacks and stacks of toilet paper. He's a big, giant guy. I went up to him. And I said, you have diarrhea? <laughs> <laughs> he goes, uh, no. And I said, "Why do you buy all this toilet paper?" He says, "I don't know." He says, "I guess because everybody else is." And so we had this long conversation. But I just, you know, now I, I know all the people in the. It's a big grocery store, but I call them by their first names, and so it just makes things so much easier than to be scared and try to hide from people and not and look down at the ground and stuff like that. So that that exercise probably changed my life more to anything and, and anything I've ever done because I can go up a hell's angel anybody I can go up and talk to him because it it just that's my goal and I say he's a person I haven't met to talk to I just go over and talk to him so that's been a bit my biggest mindset change and before the only reason I was because I was scared and I told myself I couldn't do it as soon as I figured out hey I can really do this I had to do baby steps because if I would have jumped in head first I would have been sweating throwing up and Having all kinds of problems, I've probably been in the hospital. But as soon as I saw, hey, that's not that hard. This person's just like me. I talked to one of the biggest bank presidents here when he was naked in the shower at the gym I was working out in, and it was like no big deal. He was just like me, you know. He he, he uh, it was a little paler than me, but you know, it was just like, hey, you know. <laughs> I don't know. That was just a big shift, and it was very exciting. So it's basically taking your fear on. What is a fear you have? Baby step into it. And that, uh, you know, and then now I can turn, re- return anything, you know, I can try to return a, a you know, half eaten box of crackers. If I wanted to, I won't, but you know, I wouldn't have a problem with it.
1: Wow. That's powerful. That's a yeah. very powerful technique that he's talking about. And I, I really feel like that that's applicable, not just in one area, but in a lot of different areas. So if anybody's listening out there, you may be able to possibly use this in pretty much any, any area that you're having problems with if you can use that baby step technique and yeah. kind of grow, grow into to that. I have heard about the, the story. where I think it's fascinating. It reminds me of the elephant, uh, story where they, at the fair, where they, you know, they train them when they're young, exactly. they can't, you know, pull out. And then when they're, they're older, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's, that's, uh, that's another story that I've heard that when they're older, they don't even try because when there was a baby, they couldn't pull it out of the ground. Exactly. Uh, very interesting stuff. Um, you know, I do want to mention one thing about the mindsets, which I think is so important. I mean, Patrick brought this up that, you know, which we are about the mindsets, it's very important. But, you know, sometimes it's, if you've ever done this, and this kind of sounds sleazy in one sense of the word, but sometimes I get more about finding out about the person's mindset than what they're saying. And you see it in life, too. You'll, you'll see people that they say one thing, but you can if you, if you listen to what they're saying, they have a mindset. And if you can, some of them are very limited. I mean, it's not that they're limited intelligently. I'm not meaning that or they're not articulate or something like that. It's a lot of their beliefs is what keeps them down. So, and you can hear it when they speak, because when they speak, it's like they, they have this little resistance to, you know, they'll go so far and they'll stop. And, you know, so it's very, you know, I, I find it very interesting how you brought that up because that is so relevant to life. Uh, I mean, if you can get rid of those negative beliefs and those those chains that's really holding people back, because there's so many people and that don't even know. I mean, oh, they God. just they don't even realize that they're doing they're self sabotaging themselves. Yeah, they don't even know it.
0: Yeah,
1: you know what I mean. I mean Would you agree with that, Roland?
0: Oh yeah. And that's why your podcast is so important because people and people don't know what they don't know. And their parents might've taught them, this is how you do things. This is how we've always done things. There's a story that I heard that was as fascinating. This guy came home with a ham and he gave it to his wife and his wife took a knife out, cut the end of it off and put it in the fan, pan and put it in the oven. He said, why are you cutting the end off the ham? He said, I don't know. My mom did. So they called mom and said, mom, why did you cut the end of the ham off? I don't know. Grandma did. So they called grandma and grandma. They said, why do you cut the end of the ham off? Grandma he says, my pan was too small.
1: Right. Sorry. <laughs> that's good i like that i never heard it like i never heard but that's a good one
0: so it's like i was you're just trained to be a certain way and that's how we all are we all work in the mind we all work at the sawmill we all you know we're all doctors or whatever and so that's your mindset and then you have to have someone like you guys and like what we're trying to do here is say maybe i don't have to be that way maybe i can be different you know, maybe I don't have to uh, work in the sawmill. Maybe I can start my own sawmill or whatever it is. But you have to have that jolt because, like you we just said, they don't know that they don't know it.
2: No, you don't so,
0: You
1: don't know what you don't know.
0: You don't know what you don't know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I agree with that. There's a lot of traditional mindsets and misconceptions uh, floating around out there. And that's one thing that you know, we like to do is talk about that on the show. Uh, you know, there's a, a funny thing you can look at today is stuff like uh, trades, like a plumber actually makes more than a lawyer today because everybody thinks they have to go to college and get a bachelor's degree. But what they don't realize is that's not true at all. And I had this when I went to college, uh, I had a professor, she had two PhDs and she said, my husband dropped out of junior high and makes like triple what I make with two PhDs in <laughs> and she was kind of upset about it and it was funny. And I was like, you know, so it's, it's, you know, it doesn't, education doesn't define you and doing something because everybody else doesn't does it isn't always the best play. Uh, and, and as far as what you guys are talking about being positive, Jeff, you were mentioning like beliefs and stuff. I had this little journal. It's just a gratitude journal I use every day and just every day I just write down three things I'm grateful for. And, uh, three things that uh how I'm going to make today. Awesome. Some affirmations. And it's, and actually got this from one of our podcast guests, uh, Dr. Ryan, Jeff, uh, when we had him. Yeah,
0: list, I listened to your podcast with him. He was really good about the glasses uh, he, and stuff, Yeah.
2: Yeah. He recommended this and I've had it for like 30 something days now. And I've been using it every day. And it's like, honestly, like I have, I, I was, I'm taking a leadership course through the military right now and I'm not, I'm, I'm actually, there's 17 other people and I'm number one. And I, I attribute that success to being grateful every single day because everybody's like, dude, you're like, how do you speak so well? You know? And I'm like, well, it's, it's because I believe in myself. I believe in what I'm saying and I have a positive mindset and they actually asked me to make a video course and train them. And so I'm just, you know, it's funny. I feel like, you know, just a weird situation of of training other people and helping them kind of the way you said with the picture, people will, when they see that you have talent in an area and then you have belief, they will ask you to do something for them. They'll like, Hey, can you draw me this picture? Wow. That's a really good picture. Can, and then they'll recommend you to somebody else. And then, you know, next thing you know, you are drawing everybody pictures.
0: Exactly. Exactly. No, that's awesome. And it is, it's mindset runs everything. Because if you think about even uh Leon Musk, you know, what he's built, and he keeps putting his butt on the line all the time. And he's got everybody, big giant corporations, telling him he's an idiot, you can't do that. No one's done that every day. He's getting hammered on, and the guy comes out smiling, he takes his new truck and bashes the windows in, even though they're supposed to bounce off, and he just makes a joke of it instead of you know running off the stage and hiding behind the curtain. So you just gotta, yeah, you and you have to decide how much of that do you want. I don't know if I'd want to have. I mean, he, I don't know if I would want to have his life and have that kind of pressure, but he thrives on that. I have one of my brothers thrives on pressure. I mean, he loses hundreds of millions of dollars in deals and then makes hundreds of millions back, but he loves it. He just lives for that, you know, and he can't, he looks at me and goes, man, your life sucks compared to mine, but everybody has a threshold of what they can do and what, and what they want, you know?
2: Yeah, I actually saw this interview with Elon Musk, and and they were talking trash about him. the The interviewer was like, uh, "So a lot of people have Harvard MBAs that are running these big businesses," and he's like, "You don't need you don't have a Harvard MBA." And Elon Musk looked at him. He was like, "Yeah, my employees do. I don't need exactly, <laughs> yeah.
0: exactly, yeah. That's like Ford. Uh, Henry Ford was the same kind of same way.
2: <laughs> yeah. So." That's awesome. Uh, really just moving to the next part, just kind of, I know you mentioned earlier about, I know we've been talking about the coronavirus and stuff and it's pretty big, everybody's life. How has it impacted your business and how are you kind of, how are you overcoming that?
0: Well, I think the big thing that's impacted our business and a lot of business that I've, I've seen, uh, is that the human contact, you know, I, my, all my employees are gone. So I come in here and some days I'm going, you know, I'm going, there's no one to talk to. I'm used to going out and saying, do this, do that. How about this? How about this? And now we're just Skyping back and forth. And instead of, you know, on just, and it's like, I want someone to talk to, you know, and then even clients aren't calling like they used to, because they have their kids at home. They have all this stuff. And so I think it'll, it'll get back to normal. That's probably been the biggest effect on me is that human contact. I remember when I first started my business, my wife would come home from work and I'd tackle her almost going, Hey, I did this and I did that. She and I said, I'm not too tired but I needed someone to talk to and it's going online and just chatting on, on uh, LinkedIn and stuff's not enough. So I think that's one of them, but I have put, if you want, uh, we can put it in the show notes. I I put a a guide together if anybody wants this, uh, 15 ways to grow your business, even in a recession. And it's just got a lot of great nuggets that they can have for free and they can go in there. And if, and I always offer this, and I don't know why a lot of people don't take it up, but I, offer a 45 minute call. If they want to sit there in the hot seat, we go dive deep into their business. I'm glad to do that at no cost either to help them out during, especially during these times now where they're struggling with whatever, you know, we need to get it out there. Cause there's so many people I know when you go to mixers and stuff, everybody's a peacock. They, go, Oh yeah, business is great. We did this, we did that. And there, and then in three months you go, where's Bill? I haven't seen him at the mixer. Oh, he went out of business. Instead of asking for help saying I'm struggling in this area how can someone help me out? But they just want to show how great they are. So I think, you know, we got to get rid of those peacock feathers and start asking and help each other out as a group, you know, get people together.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That's really good. Uh, So uh, you got anything, Jeff?
1: Well, I just want to make sure, I mean, he, he mentioned that, but I want to make sure that people know how to contact him.
2: Uh, Oh yeah. I was going to, yeah,
1: so
0: so I have my my advertising business but I also have a website set up for my speaking and for all the, the for all this stuff and I put on my uh, I'll have your podcast on there and stuff it's called uh, fueling so fueling ing your growth com fueling your growth com you can go there you can you can uh, uh, hit your email and I'll send this to you you can put I want a, a call on call with you I'll be glad to do that uh, I just really uh, been in business so long um, I really just want, I want to help younger business people so that they can have the same success. And because I know what it's done for my family and, and the life it's given my family. I want to, uh, to give everybody. It took me years to hire people. Cause I said, why would anybody want to work for me when they could work for themselves? <laughs> I've had I have employees that are been with me for 18 years and I'm going, I ask them, why are you working for, why didn't you start your own business? And I'm not going through that crap. I'm not, I know how much you work. I don't want that. So there's all those different levels, but those people that want to put themselves out there, I want to be an advocate for them and help them. Wow. So I
1: like that. Yeah. Awesome.
2: Well, I was going to say, uh, last question. What was the most life-changing book you've ever read? I know you said you read a lot of books. I yeah. like to read, too.
0: Well, The, the Purple Cow by uh, Seth Godin. I love okay. that book. It's a simple book. It's uh, one of his earlier books. But it changed the way I, I work with my clients. So, it, and just for people that don't know it, it talks about you're driving down the road in New Jersey. You're looking out the window, and there's all these black and white uh, cows. And all of a sudden, in the middle of all those, there's a giant purple cow. <clears throat> you're going to stop and go, how did you know, and go find the farmer. How did you get a purple cow? Does it give purple milk? Why, you know, uh, did you buy it from a special store? It's all these questions because you're seeing everything the same as that purple cow. We had a guy here and it ran all over the United States, but he owned an air conditioning company and he wrote giant on the billboard. It said, your wife is hot. And people are going, what? And then it goes, because your air conditioning is broken.
1: And <laughs> I love it.
0: Yeah. So that was a purple cow. And all these billboards you see, he, the newspaper came out, the, the TV stations interviewed him. How did you come up with that? Now everybody's used it throughout the United States. He might have sold it for all I know, but he got probably forty thousand dollars worth of advertising off of that because he just he stepped up and just did something fun and everybody's texting it taking pictures on instagram it's all over it your wife's hot can you believe that you know it's just it was just great so that that's the purple cow the whole philosophy about the purple cow is getting getting yourself noticed and if you're in business and you're not noticed you're not going to get it you know you're not going to have clients unless you don't you know you're just not going to you're not going to succeed and you'll be out of
1: business so I really appreciate you being on, man. It's been, hey, it's been eye opening for me and uh, a lot of great content. You know, one, it's just, it's been really a good uh, show today. Well, thank uh, you.
0: Thanks for having me on. it it's awesome, and I, I love to talk about. I could talk all night about it because it's just something yeah. I love.
1: Well, I've got several questions, but I, I am holding it back because I mean, we couldn't do this all night, and he's, great content, but I don't want to run him off the first time. I <laughs> might have him back on sometime. We don't. We don't want him to say, oh, no, that Jeff guy, he just talks on and <laughs> on and never will shut up. Oh, no.
0: I, like, my wife always has to pull me away from business conversations. Time to go.
2: But <laughs> One last thing. I know yeah. and I can send you yeah. a
0: picture of this, but the purple cow, the thing that changed our business, one of the biggest things. This is my business card. It's a 3D business card. And so oh. it folds flat so you can use it. And I'll send you a picture so you can put it in the show notes. But I went to a whole bunch of mixers, and every time I'd leave a mixer, I'd call the people back up and say, Hey, we met at the mixer over at the chamber. My name's Roland. Yeah, man. Did you give me a card? I said, yeah. He said, I can't find it in here. There's like a hundred of them. So then I made this card up and this is, we've had this for 15 years, different ones, versions, but the same style. And I, would hand it out. And then I'd call and say, Oh, you're the one with that cool card. I remember that. I showed my boss. He wants to meet with you.
2: Huh. So this,
0: this changed everything because now people started thinking of us as a design firm, not just a graphic firm. Can you do a t-shirt? You guys really are forward thinkers. And that's what it says on my card, Roland Benson forward thinker. And my wife's cards, she does the sales is, is, uh, is rainmaker. And we have the know it all. And we have all that kind of stuff. We named everybody a little different in the company, but this this card was really good, and I'm doing one for my speaking now, which is a business card. It's not in yet. It's a regular size business card, but when you open it, it folds out like a brochure, and then you can fold it right back down. But it tells all the things I talk about and stuff. So, it's it's basically a mini presentation because oh. we had to show our portfolio. But as soon as we did this card, no one asked to see our portfolio of our work because they saw this and they went, "If you can think, of, if you can do that to a business card, what can you do to my company?" So it's just sometimes oh. it's the littlest thing. <laughs> uh. Yeah, just the littlest thing. Purple cow. Yeah, purple cow. That's what. I, yeah. Right, well, and our, and you'll see it on our on our <laughs> on our website. I'm sure the one when you went to our website, our Benson Design, the purple cow's big and yep. proud.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yep. But, I saw yeah, that actually.
0: No. Yeah. Yep. And encourage your your listeners to download this and to call me because I'd be glad yep. to sit and talk with them and really help them out because I mean, in 35 years, I heard Tony Robbins said. This guy was interviewing Tony Robbins, and they said, who are your mentors? He said, my mentors are people that are older than I am that have been down the road before, so they know all the speed bumps and the shortcuts, and that's who I want to talk to. So that's he right. taught, he, he works with Steve Wynn and all those guys, so he said, they, they teach me out this far, and so that's what I can do. I can take you out that 35 years and say, don't do this. you know. Don't go out and buy six new trucks until you have the people <laughs> you know, and stuff like that for your, for
1: your plumbing company. That is so yeah. good what you just now mentioned. One of the things is and I was sitting here thinking that and but you guys don't be afraid to ask questions because most people learn from somebody else. Yeah. So don't don't feel like you have to have all the answers. Reach out and talk to Roland, talk to us because yeah. the truth is if you the more resources the more positive you have in your life that is good resources. You never know what one little thing can turn your whole business around or even your whole life around. Your whole life around, yeah. I mean, just a piece of information, you know, a different perspective.
0: Yeah. And you just have to, and you have to reinvent yourself like Madonna all the time, you know, because when we started, we didn't even have a website. Now 90% of all the stuff we do is websites and digital marketing. But if we would have said, no, I'm not doing anything with that website crap. I'm sticking to my brochures. You know, <laughs> exactly. I'd be working down at Walmart as a greeter right
1: now. Yep. I don't want to put you on the spot. You said – but one thing you, you mentioned that you went uh, and you started drawing pictures, going to door to door and doing that. Have you ever considered what – if you had to start all over with what, you know, you do now, Yeah, would you do it different? Yeah, well, I would – yeah, cause,
0: uh, because of the knowledge. But if I didn't have the knowledge, probably not. I would just, because I'd be learning along the way. What I would do is I would trust my gut and I would grow faster. I didn't trust my gut. I didn't trust myself because of the, the stinking thinking. As says, or the Ziglar says, my mindset wasn't there yet. And so not trusting yourself to go out and do what you need to do. So that would have definitely changed that. But the biggest thing is I'd get out and meet as many people as I humanly can and build a Rolodex of everybody. Link in with them on LinkedIn, and just everybody go up and get their business card. You never know who that. Like you said, you never know who that one person. Because it could be one idea, it could be one person, it can change everything. They might say, you know, you're like what happened to me was we were doing all these graphics. One of our clients got sued, and a new uh, Aiken Gump, which is a giant law firm, one of the young men there that was trying to become a partner. He says, why don't we have them do advertising in the courtroom? to prove your, prove your innocence. So we, I mean, it was, it was like a patent infringement. So it wasn't like murder or anything, but (laughs) so we came in and did all these graphic boards. He won. And then all of a sudden they said, why don't you do this for us all the time? So we started doing it and we made that really put us over the top so we could buy a lot of equipment and stuff. But we'd be going to, uh, to giant cases like against Samsung and stuff or or, uh, big things like that. And I would do my illustrations and I would do my thinking and then they would go into courtroom and show it. So I would have never thought of that in a hundred years, but one person said, Hey, what did you, what if you did that? And I go, okay, let's try it. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're making 50, 60,000 a year during that time. I'm mean, not a year, excuse me, a month during that time, um, drawing pictures for the courtroom, you know, doing things. And then I went to the newspaper and said, I do these graphics for the four courtrooms. I said, okay, great. See ya. And then all of a sudden, um, the thing happened with OJ and they did all those big graphics and stuff you saw in the courtroom and I called the guy and said do you see OJ's trial that's what I do he said get it out on here now or putting your your we're um, putting your story in tomorrow morning's paper on the front page so then that blew that up that wow. so was you know looking for those opportunities because you know I mean you just don't, yeah you know, I, I don't know what to say it's just you just don't know until, until you get out there and try it just get your fear out of the way fear will just kill you I mean fear is the worst thing in the world and if you have to have someone go with you and hold your hand, do it. You know, my wife, when I first returned my first thing, she was standing behind me and the lady was like, she said, I'd like to return it, but this is a year and a half old. So we don't even carry the brand anymore. (laughs) But so you just need to get that. And, and like public speaking, I started off just asking if I could say a prayer in church and stuff. So that helped me get out in front of people and no one's going to come up and say your prayers sucked, you know? So,
1: uh, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> it, re, it reminds me what you just now said i heard this saying one time it says you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take yeah yeah so you know it's important to get out there um, i mean i have so many questions for you uh rolling but I, I won't uh bother <laughs> you with this. I mean, we, we really really could yes. go on and on and on but it, well we should it's do i up. mean if you guys are
0: up to it we should look at doing a workshop you know taking a half yep. day getting all your people there you know, and and doing an online workshop, and uh, let's uh, get people involved, asking questions on Zoom, and let's take it on and do something like that. Uh, I'd be up for that.
2: Yeah, this sounds good. It's a good idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And just just in closing here. Is- Make a joke is about asking everybody. I found that works very well with, with women. When you're trying to get a girlfriend. You just walk up to girls and you start talking. And they're like, oh, yeah. this guy likes me. <laughs> yeah, so, so use that in your business and if you need a girlfriend. Yeah, for me, yeah.
0: You know. maybe a little different language, but the same concept.
2: Yeah, don't talk about business. I don't think. I don't think she'll. Yeah, kind uh, yeah. of be like. Uh, excuse me. Exactly. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thanks for being here, Roland. I'm gonna yeah. put all your stuff in the show notes. Go ahead, guys. Head over to feelingyourgrowth.com, Checking out Roland, what he's got to offer. He's got that 15 steps for you guys to succeed through recession. And uh, yeah, get out there. Read the Purple Cow, guys. Purple cow.
1: Thank you, Roland.
2: Okay, thanks a lot. We'll see
0: you guys later. Appreciate it. Are you ready to be entrefied? Let's break free of the life we are told to live. Create freedom and wealth by adding value to others' lives. lives. Challenge traditions, challenge authority, and get entrefied.